Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Yes, you're listening to Lost in Science, and it is our final episode of 2022. Oh my word, what a year it's been. Hello, Stu, how are you? I'm, I'm very well, Chris. I'm a bit warm, but uh, other than that, I'm doing very well. Yeah, you're dialing in from the West, the wild, wild West, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Heading I'm... for the 90s. <laughs> um, well, the temperature is, yeah, certainly. No, and it's, yeah. it's well over well over 30 degrees, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm in Perth at the moment. So um, yeah, dialing in from there just to get our final show for the year uh, for everyone's listening pleasure. Um, and, you know, speaking of uh, the the year and the end of the year, um, I thought I'd have a look at some of the things that we didn't get a chance to look at. And honestly, there's so much science published every week, we barely scratch the surface. So I'm going to quickly try and bundle as many things. It'll be like maybe a bit like a um, an auction uh, I'll be talking so fast that you may not catch it. But look, um, I'll just you know some some amazing stuffs happened this year, and we don't have time to report on all of it. So this is my opportunity to um, remind people of all that has happened in the year. I guess. Brilliant. Well, I am going to do pretty much the opposite of you. I am going to talk about things that we have covered already. Um, you might have noticed I often like to do kind of follow-up stories to things we've covered in the past. Um, you know, because the initial the initial findings of a you know of a news story, science news story, get the most attention. It's, if the big story has been uh, you know the international news, even. Um, but the updates to the stories are often not noticed, and sometimes they're really important. But even like I found that even covering it on this show, when you talk about it, it does feel a bit weird. You sort of feel like you're covering old news um i'd be interested to get see what our listeners think you know if you want to write in and and uh message us on one of our channels let us know what you think whether you like these kind of follow-up stories but look because of my insecurity about the format i'm going to try and jam a bunch of them into one program so i'm just going to be looking at a few stories um of 2022 and it's kind of a where are they now sort of um hits of 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 all the clickbaits that catch me every time, it's the where are they now ones that I always awesome. I always find myself falling for. So that'll be yeah. great. I'm really I'm really looking forward to looking backwards. Great. Well, um, we're both looking backwards in our own way. Um, so let's look forward and get on with the show. Well, what a year it has been in the world of science. Now, I've probably mentioned this before, but there are about 2 million scientific peer-reviewed journal articles published every year um, from all over the world. And here on Lost in Science, we have about half an hour a week to report on them. So that gives us about 0.04 of a second to report on each one by my calculations. And obviously... 
we just miss out on reporting on a lot of it. But I thought I would spend some time uh, catching up or, or at least giving us a glimpse of some of the uh, interesting stories we missed this year. And look, it's from all over uh, science and it might seem at times that um, you know, you sort of get these cascades of science. Someone makes one discovery and you get these co- sort of uh, follow-up discoveries all throughout the year. So, you know, the beginning of this year, the idea of something like um, AI artworks was probably pretty far-fetched. But, you know, here we are at the the other end of the year and it seems like it's just about everywhere. So these kind of things kind of do uh, accelerate and you, there's no predicting what's going to be the big science of next year, although... A lot of newspapers like to talk about that sort of thing. But um, so, look, some of the things I was looking at, there's obviously a lot of focus on medicine, and certainly the last few years we've seen a lot of advances very quickly in medical research. But one of the things that was discovered earlier this year is that um, antibiotic resistance, which we've talked about on the show a fair bit, actually, uh, that, you know, Mm. the, the use of antibiotics is driving antibiotic resistance, but... Scientists earlier this year found that it actually evolves naturally even before the use of antibiotics. Now, if you know anything about antibiotics, one of the first ones was uh, that, that humans discovered was penicillin, which was used by a fungus to fight off other, other uh, pathogens. So the idea that there's this constant arms race among, um, among microbes... They already had the ability to evolve antibiotic resistance, and in fact, they already did have antibiotic resistance because they're all fighting each other in the natural world as well, which is an interesting finding. But it does kind of it's it's not it's not entirely our fault. We've just run into a naturally occurring phenomenon, I suppose. Um, some of the other things uh, that happened this year: there was the first uh, xenogenic heart transplant, uh, a genetically modified pig. Um, heart was plant it was transplanted to a human patient for example i believe we covered that i think that was claire's first story back in start of the year see it's so long in the year that it was very very early on but um you know but that is that is still a, a massive breakthrough and maybe something that we should um follow up on uh as as that sort of becomes more common um and to find out what happened with that, I have an update for you in my stories, too, so... Oh, even better. Even better. Even better. Um, a, a different branch of medicine, neuroscientists confirmed uh, that they've discovered a different type of communication between neurons in the brain. Um, they didn't realise until this discovery that, in fact, neurons can communicate with each other by transferring proteins between cells. So there's actually proteomic communication within the brain as well, which totally changes the way uh, our understanding of how the brain works as well. Uh, but looking at things like um, treatments as well, which I guess the uh, the xenogenic heart transplant is a kind of treatment, the first laparoscopic surgery was performed this year entirely by a robot. So instead of put, putting your hands in, putting your health in the hands of Human surgeons, we may soon be seeing robotic surgeons taking their place, which is possibly a good thing, but, you know, um, certainly might help reduce waiting lists for for essential surgery and that sort of thing if um, we're not relying on individual surgeons. But um, an interesting development anyway. Um, There's also this year was uh, the announcement of technology that allows 
the searching of the uh, the global database of nucleic acid sequences. So nucleic acids are in, are in DNA and RNA. Um, there is a massive database, but there's no real easy way to search that. But what they've done is um, put together a technology that allows the searching of that database to improve pathogen surveillance. So the, the pandemic really threw that into, um, into relief that we don't really have a way of tracking known pathogens and figuring out where what we would call novel pathogens, unknown pathogens, and where they've come from. So this um, technology for searching the database will allow the understanding of viral origins and quickly be able to connect emerging pathogens with uh, already recorded viruses and bacteria and that sort of thing, which is a pretty um, useful step forward. Um Researchers also demonstrated a spinal cord simulator. I think we touched on this a couple of times from various things, but um, this uh, stimulator enables patients with spinal cord injuries to actually be able to walk again by using sort of bypassing the usual electrical pathways and it sort of goes around, which is a pretty big step forward for the for that sort of treatment as well. Um, and also, and and. This sort of goes back to the uh, neurology side of things. Uh, scientists have created artificial neurons that can receive chemical signals rather than electrical signals, so they can actually um, mimic some of the some of the brain activity. We we already knew how to stimulate neurons with electrical signals, but these artificial neurons can use things like dopamine and other um, signaling chemicals in the brain. Um, as well as just electricity. So they've actually um, used these artificial neurons to communicate with rat muscles and brain cells and things like that. So possibly the, the uses of that are in prosthesis, which is you know ties into the uh, spinal cord stimulator as well. So there's a whole lot of things all happening at once, and this is why science is such a you know hard thing to report on because once you know you, by the time you've reported on one thing, something else has happened as well. Look, we have reported on the environment a fair bit, I know. Um, things like the, the global atmospheric methane concentration exceeding uh, 1,900 parts per billion for the first time in human history. Carbon dioxide exceeded 420 parts per million for the first time in human history. Um, people have... Uh, NASA reported that Earth's global average surface temperature in 2021 was tied as the sixth warmest year on record. Um, the past eight years are collectively the warmest years since modern record keeping began in 1880. Uh, there's a whole lot of um, uh, sort of pretty awful news about, you know, how things are going. Climate change is likely begun to reduce the oxygen levels in the oceans. Fantastic. Yeah. Um you know, uh, there's things like a, a, a study showing commercial cleaning products uh, that are detrimental to human health, certain floor cleaners that cause indoor air pollution equivalent to spending the same amount of time sitting next to a busy road and things like that. Um, but there is some there is some good news in the environment as well. Um, UNESCO announced the discovery of a new coral reef off the coast of Tahiti which is apparently in pristine condition. So that's really nice to hear that there's some good stuff happening. Um, the uh, other researchers have reported the development of viable 
processes to recover rare earth elements used in modern electronics so they can you know mine industrial wastes basically to, to reduce our um, need for virgin resources um, and also people are looking at how can we how can we change the way we already do things you know things like uh, there was a study that estimated relocating croplands to their optimal locations around the world and then using areas that were abandoned to regenerate natural ecosystems could decrease uh, the current carbon emissions by about 71%. Um, they could increase biodiversity by 87%, um, reduce the water footprint by you know massive amounts. And so there's, there are people looking at these problems. We do have to identify the problems before we can solve them as well, which I think is... Uh, a kind of an important thing. There's also another interesting thing that um, there is a new generation of uh, biosensors which can identify DNA of animals from the air. So they can actually take air samples and see what animals are in a particular area, which is, you know, we're getting closer to the uh, to the uh, the Star Trek, you know, they land on the planet and scan around and, oh, no life forms here or, you know... Sure no identifiable life it's it's pretty amazing um technology yeah um look you know in space there's also all sorts of stuff going on in space i think we've commented on it uh, and reported on a few of those but you know researchers grew plants in lunar soil for the first time it wasn't on the moon but at least you know it was a start um the james webb telescope obviously went to where it was going and in the lagrange point and uh started sending his amazing pictures back um and and also the other thing that I did want to talk about was CRISPR, which has really taken off this year. And I've talked about this a few times before, but there's new CRISPR technologies, which is making the uh, the functionality of those technologies much faster. What is this? Is the CRISPR in the bottom of your fridge, or no? What are you talking about CRISPR is a gene editing technology which has been used for a number of things. Um, they have discovered. Uh, CRISPR-like systems in viruses which have accelerated the CRISPR technology that we use and has allowed us to start editing larger and larger sections of DNA, which means we can do more and more, um, you know, um, basically make bigger and bigger proteins in, in various organisms. So it's, it's, all, it's all pretty uh, amazing and it just keeps getting faster and faster just as with the AI and I mentioned earlier that AI at the start of the year probably seemed like a crazy thing uh, there's a new uh, AI called Point E as in pointy but Point E which is a machine learning system that can generate 3D models from text prompts so not just 2D artworks but actual 3D models from text prompts which is you know another step forward who knows by the end of next year we might see all sorts of new technologies in that. But as I said, we've only got so much time on this show. And uh, if you want to hear about any of these kind of stories, please let us know because we can always focus on anything that any of our listeners want to hear more about. Great. Thank you, Stu. I think we're lost. We're not lost. Not even any short-range radio signals yet? Except for a single, very powerful radio emission. Of course, a transmitter of that sort isn't exactly standard equipment. Science and technology must be absolutely mind-boggling. Of course, that's uh, mostly on the theoretical side. What's so far? Across Australia on the Community Radio Network, you're listening to Lost in Science. 
Okay, yes, you're listening to Lost in Science, and I am just going to basically tread old ground, including covering one of the stories that Stu already touched on in his um, in his story, which I think you forgot. We talked about the the pig heart transplant way back at the start of 2022. Um, I think it's our very first show back, so I'll excuse that, Stu. Um, <laughs> This was a story about uh, a man who wasn't eligible for a human heart transplant, so he was involved in experimental transplant from a genetically engineered pig. Um, look, it was a big success for this new type of treatment. Um, as you can probably imagine, though, it didn't fully last. Uh, he did die 61 days later. Um, and there, there's, I found an article that discussed the possible reasons for what went wrong. Um it could be uh, organ rejection. You know, obviously they go to great lengths to um, to prevent organ rejection. Um, like in this case, having a genetically engineered donor animal, um, immune suppressing uh, drugs, that sort of thing. But there are some signs that organ rejection was taking place in this indication. Um, also, um, because his immune system was suppressed, um, when he got had an infection, they had to give him um, an immunoglobulin injection to fight that. Um, and that included anti-pig antibodies that may have attacked the actual heart organ. Um, or it could have been the infection itself that caused the damage. It did include, the infection he had included a, um, a rather nasty pig virus, um, porcine cytomegalovirus, and that could have damaged the heart as well. Also, he went into this quite sick. And uh, yeah, that was another possibility. I mean that's that's always going to be a question mark over um, trans sort of trans species transplants. Is you know we know that we know that diseases can jump from one species to another, but if you've got multiple species as part of your body, then you're going to be much more susceptible to a bigger range of diseases to begin with. Well, not only that, but um, this particular virus, um, it is. There is a risk that it will jump to humans and be, be able to pass between humans. And they were trying to keep the pigs very free of this virus, but clearly something went wrong. Um, so that is another huge risk with this kind of research in that they could accidentally do a zoonotic transfer. So, yeah, I think more scrutiny of this kind of work is required because it is actually quite dangerous in that sense. Um, look, speaking of diseases, though, um, it's, Worth um, checking in on monkeypox, which I believe we covered in June when it was starting to get headlines. Uh, it has now, it is in the process of being renamed. I believe the WHO is calling it MPOX. Um, locally, I've seen it called just MPX. Um, but yeah, there's a sort of a transition period where they're using both names, but MPOX is the, the new official name because monkeypox was seen as a bit, you know, not, not a nice name. The monkeys aren't to blame here. But look, it is a disease that hit the headlines this year. It was first, the first case in Australia was in May 2022. Um, and in July, it was declared a communicable disease incident of national significance. So we're taking it serious. Um, but it hasn't gone that badly in Australia. There's only been 143 cases nationally. Um, and, uh, it's, as far as I know at the moment, there are no active cases, no known active cases in the country. Um, so look, it is going okay in that sense. Um, we have had vaccines, of course, being distributed. We've also, look, it is mostly prevalent in the community of men who have sex with men. And, um, there has been a big response in that community. You know, there's kind of, um, experiences with HIV have led to 
networks of distributing information and encouraging people to get the vaccine. So, yeah, it has gone okay in Australia, and cases are declining worldwide. Um, but the government has still got a uh, a lot of vaccines in their um, storehouses, and they've recently launched a new vaccination campaign. So, the people who are at risk are still encouraged to get vaccinated because it could easily um, spread again now that it's out there, and especially now it's in the world as well. Um, what other stories we covered? Um, there was the asteroid redirection, which we talked about in September. You couldn't have missed one. This one, surely. This is NASA's DART mission, double asteroid redirection test, I think it was, which targeted a 160-metre-wide asteroid Dimorphos, which is orbiting a larger asteroid called Didymos. Um, and look, it was a successful hit, um, but test was to see whether such a mechanism could actually redirect an asteroid. And what they found was that the spacecraft, when it crashed into it, it didn't just impart its momentum to the uh, to the asteroid Dimorphos. It imparted up to 3.6 times its momentum due to the debris that was blown off in the collision. So anything that is blown off that's leaving the asteroid will take with it some um, some momentum and change the, the mass. Um, and yeah, so the, the momentum change was... Uh, quite massive compared to the asteroid that hit it. So that's actually a big success for that particular experiment, that it was kind of more successful than expected. Which is what we want to know when they're trying to save the planet from destruction. Well, this is, this, is, this is what they were aiming to do, was see if we could, if, you know, if there is an Armageddon-style object headed for Earth, that whether, whether we could get it to go somewhere else instead. But, yeah, it's it's a pretty amazing result from that one. Yeah. Um, but speaking of extinction events from asteroids, um, we did in April also cover news from a very interesting fossil site called Tanis in North Dakota in the USA. Um, this is a site that they claim to have uh, records of the actual extinction event of the, when they you know they they claim they have say fish and other creatures that were killed by the actual asteroid. Um, strike itself and um, the, the news at that time of year was some research published mostly by Melanie During from Uppsala University um, finding evidence that fish the fish killed in the event had died at the start of their spring growth period so they kind of pinpointed to when in the year this had happened um, but look this is a controversial fossil site controversial mostly because of the person who discovered it and he's kind of the main contact point who controls access to the site a certain uh robert de palmer who fancies himself as a bit of indiana jones type quite literally um and um the latest development in this particular situation is that uh, melanie during is actually accusing de palmer of fabricating some results in a paper with similar um, kind of on a similar topic, basically find the same results, but published two months before her work. Um, she is claiming that uh, there are some dodgy figures in there. There is missing data and a lot of uh, ex- missing explanations in the methods. Obviously, this is quite an accusation. Um, the journal now has a statement up that they are investigating these claims. Um, like It's a bit of a weird situation because the idea was that you want independent teams working on this um, 
she's essentially saying that he's copied her work to a large extent. Um, like her, yes, his work was published before hers, but her work was put up online as a preprint before his was published. So, yeah, there is um, some confusion there. Of course, he is denying this. He is um, claiming that the the data is missing because one of his colleagues died in the process of preparing the paper. Um, and I don't know. It's just it's just kind of adding to the controversy around this particular fossil site. But it doesn't actually call into question the work that has been done so far. Um, it's just, I suppose, yeah, just when you have a controversial discovery like this, you do need to keep an eye on it, quite vigilant to make sure that everything is above board. But yeah, those are the main um, stories that I found this year that had some updates that were going on. Um, I looked into some of the particle physics stuff I covered uh, there haven't been any notable new developments in those. We're still waiting on more data to come in. Um, you mentioned the Space Telescope, the JWST. Um, there is still discoveries of galaxies at the start of the universe that are earlier than we expected. Um, I don't think there are any papers that have gone through peer review that we've published on that yet that um have really nailed down what's going on there so yeah nothing really to to um cover there yet i'm afraid i don't know Stu, can you think of anything else i mean you know there was there was a few um supposed breakthroughs in uh fusion uh throughout the year but it seems like as it has been since i can remember paying any attention you know we're, we're still 10 years away from from fusion and it seems like we'll always be 10 years away from fusion even no matter how good they get at it doing it in the lab i think yeah the most recent one was um the laser fusion experiment in the u.s a national ignition facility which uh achieved what they called ignition um more energy put out than was put into it. This boat, this experiment involves firing powerful lasers of tiny pellet containing tritium, which is an isotope of hydrogen. Um, it's like, it's a lot of question about whether this would be a sustainable way to actually get um, power and generate power. But um, yeah, the actual, the energy of the lasers that went into this pellet was less of the energy they got out of it. Unfortunately, the energy to power the lasers themselves wasn't included in the calculation, and it's probably about um, over 100 times or maybe 200 times the energy they got out of the fusion reaction. So it's still a long way to go as a viable, practical uh, thing, as you said. Um, but, you know, who knows? Um, maybe in 100 years' time, We'll all be powered by fusion uh, reactors. Maybe uh, artificial intelligence, which, as you said, is increasing all the time. I think one of the big sensational ones this year was the chatbot, ChatGPT, which um, basically can answer questions you put into it. It can do things like write computer code. Um, and there's some question about whether it can do basically creative things that humans wouldn't have thought of. So who knows? Uh, what the future will hold. And uh, as you said, it's an it's exciting time ahead. And that's it for another episode of Lost in Science. Lost in Science is recorded for 3CR in Melbourne on the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. And it airs across Australia on the Community Radio Network with the support of the Community Broadcasting Foundation. 
we would love you to get in touch with us. You can email us at lostinsci at gmail.com or you can find us on Facebook where Lost in Science on 3CR or on Twitter where we're at Lost in Science 1. You can find us on your favourite podcast app where if you get the chance, please give us a good rating and review as that will raise us up in the search rankings so other people can find the science. Or you can listen to us however you listen to us now. We're at the same time every week when we all get Lost in Science. Thanks for listening to a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online.